Welcome back, literary slummers, to another episode of Hate Read. I'm Anna. And I'm Em. And this is not just another episode of Hate Read. It is the final episode of Hate Read. Well, sort of. This is the last episode of... <laughs> Don't freak Don't out. Don't freak out. If you didn't listen to our <laughs> announcement last week, go listen to that. But this is the last episode of Hate Read proper before we get into our slummer reading this summer. And following that, we will be rebranding um, this uh, late summer, early fall. Yes. So as it is the end of an era, as <laughs> everyone must do at the end of an era, we thought that the proper way to send up this old format was to have a little uh, superlatives um, awards show i guess as we go on we remember all the times we read together (laughs) yes it's been a long and winding road uh so we've got 10 categories that we're gonna go through and both anna and i have picked a uh awardee an award recipient i guess for each category yeah um a winner. A winner. Well, some of them are winners. I didn't want to call them all winners because some of these categories aren't very... Oh, that's um, true. They aren't ones you'd want to write your mom about. Unless she also likes bad books. Yeah, maybe. Well, uh, we're going to go through and each of us is going to pick a recipient for all the categories and discuss a little bit and have a, a nice, relaxing uh, trip down memory lane here. La 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 la. And um, la, I think we'll probably have posted la, yeah. like uh, what the categories are on our Twitter before this. If you guys want to uh, have picked out your oh, yeah. your top picks uh, for you know, if uh, just based on your past listening, what you think we're gonna, I don't know, make like a drinking game out of it. No, don't do that. That's irresponsible. Do that. What? <laughs> All right, um, so to get us started off, uh, our first category, pretty simple, pretty self-explanatory, best written, which book did you think was the, uh, maybe you still hated it, maybe you didn't, but it was not poorly written, Mm. in fact, you may even say it was, the prose was generally good. My pick for this one, and it wasn't like... It's definitely not the best written of the books we've read, but to my personal taste, which I guess that's what this list is all about, to my personal taste, was um, An Anonymous Girl. Oh my gosh, that was one of my runner-ups. I I think, and okay, technically I think only half of this book succeeds in this category because I'm talking specifically about the chapters told from the point of view of Dr. Shields, which were told in second person, which I get is not everyone's jam. Like that, it's kind of a weird thing to read um especially when you're not expecting it mm-hmm. but um I really enjoyed it I thought it was super creepy it really gave you like an interesting perspective into the story and if it had ended better like those chapters of this book would have really made this not a hate read for me at yeah. all whatsoever yeah I totally so. agree um I think it was definitely one of those ones that it was just the one thing there and there were a lot of those that like it was just kind of the ending or it was just one thing that really like took this from a book that I could have enjoyed into something that was hot garbo um and yeah I thought that the second person chapters were uh really interesting and I think overall the book was pretty well written even the 
um, chapters yeah. that weren't second person I thought were pretty solid in terms of just. Yeah, whatever that girl's name was. Yeah, Jessica? she was anonymous. Who knows? Jessica. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think that's a, a solid pick. My pick for best written um, would actually probably be my. Uh, well, I'm not going to say that because whatever. Uh that's an upcoming category. It's probably. an upcoming category. But uh, <laughs> Hogfather by Terry Pratchett. I think this really shouldn't shock anyone. This was the one book that me and Anna were pretty much agreed on that we both really liked. We loved it. Um, mm-hmm. It was great. It turned me around completely on Terry Pratchett. Prior to this, I had Thank God. always had trouble reading Terry Pratchett books. I you know, have it was conquered like the one that fear. Patch in our friendship. Yes. <laughs> The fact that you didn't like Terry Pratchett was really problematic for me. (laughs) (laughs) It was a great book. It was really good. I still super recommend it to anyone who is into fantasy or like just good writing, I guess. I don't know. Christmas. Or Christmas, you know, if you need a Christmas (laughs) book to read. Uh, But yeah, that was that was my Mm -hmm. pick for best written. Uh, Yeah. Terry Pratchett is writing like it takes a minute maybe to get used to, but that's just because he has so many like inside jokes with himself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But um. I don't know. I, it's definitely one of those books that I read it and I was like, I went to do this for a living. I went to write books like this. Right. It's um, one of those books that like you read and you get depressed because you're like, I'm never going to be that good. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess in that sense, I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> Made me hate myself. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the worst hate of all. <laughs> All right, so our next category is one that is probably hard for us to narrow down because a lot of the books we read Mm -hmm. were very much Mm -hmm. so this. But what was, out of all of the 39 books that we've read, the one that was most problematic to you? Which one had the most nastiness? Like you said, this was a super tough category because there were a lot of strong contenders. Very Um, much so. And it... It got to the point where I was kind of like, well, is it worse to be like really sexist or is it worse to be really racist? And that was just kind of like a call I didn't want to make. Oh um, God, I think we picked the so same I kind of went in a different direction. Did we picked the same one. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> I thought uh, I would pick one that I think is the most problematic because of its target audience. Don't we pick the same book? Because I. <laughs> Did we? <laughs> this is so funny. Um, I picked. Blood and Chocolate by oh, Annette Curtis Klaus. We picked different books. No, we didn't. Okay. <laughs> False alarm. I picked B- Blood and Chocolate. <laughs> I picked Blood and Chocolate by Annette Curtis Klaus because the thing that we found problematic in that was that it was um, a relationship between a guy in his like mid twenties and a girl who was I think fifteen, and that is gross and creepy and bad. wrong. As we have said on this podcast many times, don't date teenagers unless you are a teenager. Hmm. And this book is targeted at teenagers. And it was also one of our rewind books. uh, And it was one that I read as a teen Mm -hmm. and did not pick up on the creepiness of it. And I think that's kind of why I was like, okay, it's the most problematic because it's like, it is this problematic thing of like inappropriate relationships between people of different ages. And it definitely to the target audience who is that kind of group, uh, it might not seem like a problem. So I think that's kind of why I picked it as being the most problematic. Cause I think in it, like, I think there are other books we've read that definitely have issues that are maybe bigger. Mm -hmm. Like, like I said, racism, sexism, that sort of thing. But I think that 
the people reading it, like I, as a woman reading like Legally Blonde, I might pick up on the things that were sexist in that book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would be like, okay, this is stupid, but I don't know that teenagers would necessarily pick up on the creepiness in uh, Blood and Chocolate. That so is that was true. kind of why I picked it. It needs like a certain, like the book equivalent of a Surgeon General warning. Like, if you read this book, you may yeah. accidentally romanticize an inappropriate relationship. Do not do that. It could be right. hazardous to your health. Like, don't date 20 year olds. <laughs> like, if we ever get merch, uh, we yes. should make stickers that are like uh, that kind of like Surgeon General's warning book. Yes. 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 <laughs> and you can stick them on any book that you think it applies to. That you own. Please don't go around oh, sticking yeah. stickers. Don't go to the library. To books, uh, like the library. Like, that's very rude. Don't do that. Librarians are trying hard enough. You don't need to make, Feel free you don't to need leave to make post-it it Post-it notes in library books. Yeah, though. post-it notes are fine. I I one time went to the library and got a post-it note in my library book that was like, don't read the foreword because it's going to spoil the following short stories for you. And I was like, wow, that was really nice. <laughs> it was, and it's like Thank such you. perfect old lady cursive too. I was like, wow, you did me a solid, Edith. Thank you. Looking out. Looking out for your friends. Thanks, Edith. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> All right. So what was yours? Oh, then? mine was if... Annie's baby. I totally thought that's where you're going to go. But oh, like, Yeah. Yeah. Same kind of deal, like targeting like the young and uh, formative minds of impressionable minds, I should say, not formative, young and impressionable Mm -hmm. minds of teenagers who maybe find themselves in the situation and feel like they have no options. And yes, like it tried to do some things like it tried to promote awareness about postpartum depression and it tried to promote like some options for pregnant teenagers, but also, it came with a lot of shame and a lot of just, like, general nastiness and classist ideas and good time slime. <laughs> Not a good great time read. slime. <laughs> <laughs> no, it super wasn't. Um, yeah, and I think, I think like, it can kind of seem like we're being sort of, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, not patriarchal, but, like, paternal mm. um, with this kind of category right now. But... I don't know. Like I, I like I said, uh, in the case of Blood and Chocolate, like that is one that I read as a teenager and I had a completely different read of it as a teenager than I do as an adult looking back on it mm-hmm. now. Um, so, I mean, like I'm not trying to say like teens are dumb and can't figure stuff out or anything like that. But I do think that um, these books present things in a certain way. Yes. That uh, if you maybe haven't you know had more life experience you might kind of start thinking okay well maybe that is the way the world yeah, is maybe and that is normal it or, you know it might it, it might make you or it might encourage you to make decisions that aren't the best and I think that at its heart is the most problematic thing is when it has like real world uh outcomes I agree yes yes yeah well and especially to like in a community like because Annie's baby is basically like low-key religious propaganda right sure um like if that's all of the reading material you're given then yeah Mm -hmm. I think that that just does so much more harm than you know (laughs) moving on from that (laughs) into a more positive uh category uh Mr. or Miss Congeniality, or uh, which character would you most want to hang out with or have a drink with? Um, who is Who would you like to spend time with the most out of these books? I 
chose maybe a weird answer, but I don't think okay. so. Uh, death from Hogfather. Oh, no, I don't think that's a weird <laughs> answer at all. Thank you. He'd have so many great stories, right? Like, you would... Yeah, and he for has sure. A, such a, like, a dry sense of humor. It's wonderful. See, I was 100% going to pick Susan from Hogfather, but I'd already burned oh, my Hogfather card, so I can't. Um, but yeah, I super agree. I thought of Death, too, that, like, uh, he's very entertaining as a character but he's not mean Mm -hmm. and he like he's just he seems like a good dude that you'd want to hang out with and like grab a drink with you know like (laughs) exactly and maybe like if you became his best friend and got on his good side he would just let you become immortal and that sounds awesome (laughs) right for sure (laughs) sounds like it would never be boring (laughs) Um, especially if you got to be like his assistant um Mm -hmm. or whatever you could be like susan light or something i don't know who how about you who are you drinking with um buddy so mine i this i had some real trouble with this category (laughs) okay okay i didn't want to pick like a a minor character or even like i wanted to pick a main character right because i thought it would be kind of cheating to be like oh i you know wanted to hang out with that snowman from christmas shoes you know like yes um, so I looked through the whole list like eight times and there were some from other books that I'm going to mention that are in other categories that I was like, oh, I might want to hang out with that character. But like I said, they fit other categories better. So I didn't pick that. So the one I end okay. up with, um, is, <laughs> and part of this is because I feel like she's kind of an old friend. Um, Anita Blake <laughs> from Kiss the Dead. <laughs> Now, hold on. Are you drinking at one of Jean-Claude's many establishments? Oh, of course. Okay, perfect. Bring your geometric sweater. This this is my thought. First off, as buck wild as those books are, I think Anita Blake knows how to get rowdy. So I think she would be fun to drink with. Um, Definitely. And I think kind of the main issue that we had with Anita Blake as a character is that she's OP and that she's a little Mm self-righteous, right? But that's kind of Mm -hmm. like the miscongeniality, right? Like they're really, really good at everything. Mm -hmm. Like they they check all the boxes in theory, right? Like, and I think that's kind of Anita Blake, right? Like she's very, she's on paper and I'm I'm dancing around the word Mary Sue because there's been a lot of, (laughs) you know, heat around that word recently. And yeah, um, Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, th- I think she would be maybe not someone I'd want to be best friends with for all time, but she's got a lot of cool stories to tell and she's got a lot of hot guys around and some hot girls. So like, yeah, she brings a lot to the party, you know, and if you weren't like if you weren't turned off by it, I'm sure with very little influence, she would definitely have sex with you. So that could I mean, be a plus. I think so. No, just <laughs> I don't know. I think I would feel kind of icky about that because isn't her whole thing that she like has to have sex to feed her sex monster self or something? Isn't that her deal at this oh, point in the series? True. So I don't know if I, I feel true. like I feel like you can't get clear consent at that point, really. Like it's it's mm. it's all sex monster, you know, um, unless you became like a were rat or something or I don't know. What would you what would you like to become aware? Oh, gosh, um, Pony. I don't know. I definitely would not want to be a pony. <laughs> number one. 
<laughs> I'm a little worried now that you want to be a were pony. No, no, never. That's the first thing that came to mind. <laughs> um, let's let's just leave. Like, the question I'm just like our, spitballing here. Let's leave the question of our personas for another episode, like perhaps one of the Animorphs <laughs> episodes that are coming up. Uh, okay. Now, moving on to the next category. Uh, speaking of personas, I guess. Uh, what was your worst dressed book? Um, wh- had, like, the worst cover and or title. Um, yeah. yeah. I I um, realized this is kind of a weird category. I was the one who uh, came up with most of the categories. And some of them I came up with with a very specific book in mind. Um, And this was one of those. The book I think had the most atrocious, atrocious cover was Save the Pearls by Victoria Ford. Um, What was awful about that? I don't know. Maybe it was the blackface. Oh, shit. Oh, dang it. Um, Yeah, it was. It's kind of interesting that I'm pulling it for this category because we discussed in that episode there was a lot of backlash against the book and Victoria Foyt came out later and said people were judging a book by its cover um I'm kind of okay with that in this case number one I think the cover pretty much accurately reflects the shittiness of the book so it's fine if you Mm -hmm. want to judge it by its cover and also the cover is very 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 bad it does depict (laughs) a white girl in half black face um and it's not a good look like even if everything in that book worked and landed and it wasn't racist which spoiler alert it is uh i i just don't know why you would ever think that that's a good idea to publish a book with a girl in blackface like i don't understand like even if there's sci-fi fantasy reasons that she's putting black makeup all over her face like i don't know go a little more conceptual with the cover like you have options Just put a panther on there, a jaguar, excuse me. Right, right. I think there is a panther somewhere on that cover. I can't yes. remember. I don't know if I said this when we recorded that episode, but like when I was uh, reading that book, it was one of the only books we had that I had the physical book in front of me. And mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. was walking around downtown um, with that book, like on a stack of stuff, because I was like working on reading it throughout the day. And before I got in my car, I was like, I should take the cover off this book, right? Like, so <laughs> but 100%, when you do... I 100% left the dust jacket in, in my car because I was just like, I can't walk around with this. But the naked hardcover has some spooky-ass eyes on it. Well, that's fine. Like, I can deal with spooky-ass <laughs> eyes. I guess that is better than blackface. Yeah, um, I mean, just a little. How about you? What do you think is the uh, worst cover of the bunch or title? I think for both, the worst cover and title uh, for me, well, it was Slave the Pearls, but I have that for another category. So, but uh, my answer for this question is Blood and Chocolate by Annette Curtis Klaus. What is the chocolate in Blood and Chocolate? Um... You know, that's a good question. I can't remember if they ever addressed it in the like, book. Like, is it stupid or does just make no sense? Like, the blood? Okay, I get it. Werewolves, meat boys, whatever. I can, I can get behind the blood it, in a werewolf book. What the fuck's the chocolate? It, Dogs can't eat chocolate. I was going to say, is it just because they turn into wolves and chocolate is bad? I think maybe... I don't know. Sh- 
Maybe she references at some point in relation to her meat boy boyfriend that he's like sweet like chocolate or something. There might be something like that in one of oh, their uh, like relationshipy scenes. Um, it might be a metaphor. I don't think the phrase blood and chocolate is ever used, but I think it's supposed to be like metaphorical. The blood is like, ooh, I'm going to be a werewolf and therefore bite people and get blood in my mouth. Or the chocolate mm, is chocolate. like, I'm going to be a regular person and eat fucking candy. Like, I think that's... This maybe was <laughs> so it should have been blood or chocolate it really should have been but she's she's trying to become to merge the two she's trying to be a wolf which is bloody mouthed and uh-huh, a, a uh-huh. little girl who's chocolate mouthed who likes chocolate it shouldn't be fucking 23 year olds it sounds like like a book about pms is what it sounds like it to does me. it does <laughs> well the cover is also super fug um, I hated hmm. it. Now, I think the cover of the Kindle edition is different from the original cover. Um, but as someone who owned the original cover, I can confirm both were fug. <laughs> yeah, because you got like the nasty like 90s. Didn't it come out in the 90s? Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like Art that. Style. 80s or 90s. Late 80s. Yeah. 90s maybe. Yeah, so it's kind of like that grungy, mm-hmm. like, here are all of our earth tone sort of cover. Yeah. And then the Kindle yeah. edition is, like, very blue sky and very green grass. It's like and a, this girl running, and then, like, the smear of blood in the shape of a wolf is very dumb. It's, it's like a, a crayon drawing almost, isn't it? Yeah. Am I misremembering it's like it? her crayon yeah. drawing on in the magazine or whatever. Oh, maybe that is what it's supposed to be. I mean, if that's oh the case, it's not a good. It's, it's it's not good. That guy shouldn't have gotten so hyped about it. Uh, moving on from we're stressed. Uh, cutest couple, which and, and this is this is pretty broad. You can pick yes. either a couple that exists in these books and you thought was which I didn't uh, do. <laughs> you, which you didn't. Do, I didn't either. <laughs> a romantic good, couple. Good, good. That, that exists already in these books that you thought was, was a good ship. Or if you would uh-huh, like to uh-huh. pitch either a ship that is within a book or maybe a crossover ship between two books. Um, yes. The, the world is your oyster. What, what do you got for us? Cutest couple. All right. I got two. I've got um, two also, but I already mentioned one of the characters in another category. So I'm going to focus on the other one. I'm going to mention one of the characters in another category. Okay. I'm just still going to say it, though, because it's very good. Go for well, it. Okay, so let me do the first one that's unrelated to anything. Um, you have to follow me on this one a little bit. Okay, okay. But I'm ready. Willy Wonka. All right. And whoever the main, whoever the main character was from Moon People. <laughs> because I no, I them, see where you're going immediately. Yes, yes, I want them to get space to follow together you in the Great Glass Elevator. I don't have to follow you anywhere. You've opened the doors to the Great Glass Elevator, and there I am, standing there, ready. <laughs> you're ready to lead the way to the vicious canids yes. and whatever the aliens were from movie. Yes, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna bring their hands together. And then tell give you, them that some is alone time. Excellent ship. That is a very good ship. It just, it just, they're just it makes so, so much sense. Yes. They seem to not understand anything about normal humans. Nope. They're One both... of them is possibly immortal. Both of them could be immortal. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know. I don't even remember what his name was. 
Um, neither do I. Shit. Like, most of them I remember. I can't. It wasn't Dale. That was the name of the author. It might as well have been Dale. It might as well have been Dale. I don't know. Tweet at um, us. Okay. Do you want Do you want me to give you my first uh, perspective ship yes. or do you want to do both of yours? Okay. No, um, I want you to give me your other one. All right. I'm going to keep this one short. It's a character I've already used, but uh, how do you feel about Vampire Darcy and Anita Blake? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I am, of course, referring she to Vampire totally Darcy. She would totally love from, the aesthetic. Yes. From uh, Mr. Darcy Vampire and Anita yes. Blake from Kiss the Dead. I think that um, I, I love it. one of the problems we had with that book, uh, Mr. Darcy Vampire, was that the romance seemed like completely not there. And um, the Elizabeth that was the Elizabeth in that book was a little bit of a, a fuddy-duddy and not very interesting. Yeah. And I think that... Uh, Vampire Darcy really needs someone who can take him on adventures and not um, <laughs> not diss his vampire side quite harsh his buzz quite so much as Anita Blake does or as yes. uh, Elizabeth does. And I think the answer to that might be that he joins Anita Blake's harem. Anita Blake would accept him as a vampire. No need to become human again. Mm-hmm. Actually, she percent they weren't. Yeah. And we hated that he became a human at the end of that. So I think that was so fucking stupid that. That's my fix it fic. <laughs> I love it. I please write it. I want to read it. 100%. Now, wait, would Anita Blake go back in time to the um, 1800s or would Mr. Darcy just continue to live until he got to Anita Blake? Yeah, I'm picturing more like Mr. Darcy realizes Elizabeth is a big fuddy daddy or maybe she dies. Maybe she dies tragically. Ooh, that's good. Mm-hmm. She dies mm-hmm. tragically instead of him saving her and then um, Yeah, she drowns. Perfect. Yeah. And then he lives on for another however long, 150 years, whatever, 200. How long ago was Pride and Prejudice? I don't know. Uh, Was it 1890s? I don't know. I don't know. Don't ask me. Who knows what time is? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) He lives on. And then uh, he is like a vampire in one of the courts of the many vampire courts that Anita Blake has to fucking deal with because there's all the drama. Um, And I don't know. Maybe he's like friends with Jean-Claude or something and they introduce a, her, him to Anita Blake and she's like, it. yes, let's fuck. And uh, she fucks his sadness away. Would she also have sex with Georgina? Um, Would she complete the set? You know... Gotta feed that sex I monster. feel like I want to say no because, like, I don't... Because Georgina is still in the body of a young, underage oh, girl, shit, I believe. But I feel Maybe like she Anita Blake... sin. Well, I feel like Anita Blake would say yes is the problem. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> we just won't go there then. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. What, was your, what was your second pitch? Uh, my, my goofier one than the first one. Uh-huh. I really like the idea wow, of... Wow, goofier uh, than, than Willy Wonka and the guy from Moon People. Can okay. you imagine? Can you imagine? Um, I really like the idea of... Old man shovel hands and mm-hmm. uh, banjo from Hogfather just getting together, punching their way through life and love. Sure. Just like two guys that are too big for this world. <laughs> They're the only ones that they can like, you know, manhandle. So. Oh no. <laughs> manhandle. Well, okay. I didn't feel like that. I mean, even just like caressing. I'll show you hugging. my manhandle. You hug when you're old man shovel hands. You can't hug anybody. You know old man shovel hands got a big old man handle. 
Uh, <laughs> they were just made for each other is all I got to mm. say. <laughs> what is your second one? <laughs> um, on. My second more serious pitch that I think would actually be a couple that I would see working out. Because um, uh-huh, I think I need a uh-huh. Blake and Vampire Darcy are just about the sex. Like, uh, Obviously. But, just how she is with everybody. With everything. Everything. I mean, Ever- like. Everything. Every every slightly animate object that crosses her path um, <laughs> and some inanimate yeah um okay so me before you lou uh the main character it's after the yes amelia clark uh as portrayed in the movie <laughs> um it's after the events of me before you her boyfriend employer charge whatever it's a problem go listen uh-huh. to that episode has died and Good. she is bereft. She's very sad because she doesn't know what to do with her life now that this man who she built her whole mm-hmm. personality around has disappeared from her life and is gone. Very and true. she feels bad about it and also probably feels guilty about, like, kind of the shithead she was if she, you know, if we want to have some character growth here. Um, so she's, like, hanging mm-hmm. out at a bar in England at, or a pub, I guess. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> this woman walks in. And she sits down next to her and she's like, oh, you look like, you know, you're sad. You're drinking alone. What's, do you want to do you want someone to talk to? And Lou's like, yeah, you know, I just had this whole situation, you know, with this, this guy I was working for and he passed away. And, you know, I'm like really down about it. And, and uh, the woman is like, yeah, tell me about it. My time traveling husband just died. Oh, my God. <laughs> And it's Claire from Time Traveler's Wife, another woman. And he who groomed her, me from a very young age. Who built her entire personality around a man. And then, and that then man Anita dies. Blake busts down the door and says, Let's fuck it out. <laughs> so that's my pitch. I love it. Uh, mm. <clears throat> I think I think these are all much better books than the ones we read. I know, right? We should write books. <laughs> Uh, all right so now that we've discussed love let us discuss laughs uh who would you choose as the class clown and by who i mean which book because it was so funny and not on purpose was an obvious answer to me this is one of the categories i didn't have a problem with um and it was taking it all the way back back to the beginning with you uh antigua (laughs) Land oh my god, I love Antigua. Wizards and Heroes by Denise Brown Ellis and Larry Ellis. Um, all oh, I could think so of good. when trying to go through the books for this category was that time in that book where there was a scene where a fox fought a gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was so or, or that time they had like a, to- a talking table that didn't have any lines. Yes. That entire book was just the most buck wild thing I've ever read. And I can't get over it. And I think after having seen, like we started this podcast with that book and we were like, man, we hate this so yes. much. Um, I don't know if I do. I don't know if I still hate it. I think I've learned to love that it. That was me. I, right. I, was I like, me. and I'm going to reflect on that in another category, but yeah. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just really think that that book as I mean like it is bad it is bonkers bonkers it is poorly written but man if it isn't a journey and if you don't get some solid laughs out of that book 
I really feel like it's like this this really cool club that we're in now. We are people yeah. who have read Antigua. We survived it. We've even discussed it for an hour and a half-ish. Like, mm-hmm. it was, it, it really changed me as a person. And I think for the better. <laughs> <laughs> because I knew you, I have been changed for good. Thank you, Antigua. Exactly. How about you? What was your pick? Exactly. My pick uh, was another terrible book, Save the Pearls, um, and specifically any instance in which they tried to do a science. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was painfully clear that uh, Victoria Foyt maybe had never seen science before in her life and wait, didn't know wait. how anything worked. Do you mean that you can't just combine the DNA of a jaguar... <laughs> An anaconda and a golden eagle or what the fuck ever with a human and no. then make like a superhuman is that not how it works yeah no you can't just go to like the stem cell store and just like mix a bunch of them up to come up with some superhuman concoction no, not even no. The stem cell store by the end of that book they were straight up going into the jungle and like picking scales off of an anaconda <laughs> just like here just smash these up real just fine up. We'll inject it in your bloodstream <laughs> Do a science. You'll get abs oh, like an man. anaconda. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> what a uh, and then just like all of the purring and moaning and growling. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Oh, oh. Yeah, it was really good <laughs> and, on a lot of And still unsolved mystery of how she was riding on his shoulders or how her legs worked. <laughs> all right. Well. Uh, I feel like I might know what you're going to pick for this one, just based on kind of the last thing that we talked well, about. No, but... no, oh, no, 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 not this one. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I remain to see where Antigua fits into your worldview, I guess. Um, <laughs> but the next category is uh, MVP. What was not necessarily the best book, not the best written book, but the book that added the most to the podcast? My answer is going to be Little House in the Big Woods. No, uh, that was my answer, too, and I didn't think it would be yours, so I didn't pick a backup. Yes! Yes! <laughs> Hold on. Let me let me scroll furiously. <laughs> I just think that this episode really helps set the tone for the podcast. And yes, I think 100%. For a children's book that's only a couple hundred pages long and just describes a series of chores that this girl did throughout a year of her life there was a lot of good content there there was a lot to explore and unwrap that is where old man shovel hands began um which is probably the most oft-repeated joke on this podcast uh it's my favorite it's a hundred percent the episode that i tell people to go listen to if they're like where should i start with this podcast i'm like go listen to little house on the prairie because that's the tone episode number 13 best one yeah Mm -hmm, for sure Mm -hmm. oh god now what am i gonna pick all right well i am okay i've got one i think okay i can't wait i will pick having noted that my actual pick is 100 percent little house on the prairie I will pick The Perfect Letter by Chris Harrison, which was the third book that we ever read um, because it was the first (laughs) celebrity writer we read. It was the first, um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like, where we weren't 
strictly reading it just because we'd heard it was bad or whatever, but because of kind of the mythos around it. And I think we've done a lot of books since then that kind of follow that pattern. Like we did Handbook for Mortals by Lainey Sarum. We did the uh, kind of what uh-huh. we talked about with, um, we've talked about it twice now. What is the name of it? The Save the Pearls. Um, there was like a lot yes. of brouhaha around that. And we've also read like uh, the Kardashian or not the Kardashians, the Jenner's book. Jenner's. Um, so I think that was the first one. And I don't think we really got into it too much in that episode. Uh, but I do think it opened the door for that sort of uh, book to follow. So that'll that'll be my pick for our MVP. Uh, Chris Harrison, yes. shout out to you. Yes, that was a good one. It was definitely, like, looking back on it, and certainly not the worst book we read, but... No, not at all. Also very much, like, the type of book we wanted to read. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So, we talked about what books were fun to discuss, what books were funny, what books were even... Well, no, we haven't talked about... What, well, which ones were best written, not which ones yeah. were our favorite. But now, we only have to discuss which book is least likely to succeed, meaning... Which book failed the most at fulfilling the goals of its genre? Basically, the worst example of this type of book. Uh-huh. My pick for this is one that you've brought up already. And I think yes. I'm picking this one because it fails in two genres. And that is okay. Annie's Baby by Beatrice Sparks. Mm. Because mm-hmm. I think you can argue that its genre is like YA lit or whatever, in which case it is boring and dumb and bad and not entertaining. So it fails mm-hmm, as a piece mm-hmm. of entertainment. Or you can argue that its genre is straight up fucking propaganda, in which case it fails at that too because it's not compelling <laughs> propaganda. <laughs> it's no chick track. It's no, oh my God. <laughs> we can't get into that. <laughs> It was, I agree, it's such a bad YA novel that the main character doesn't even sound like a YA. Like, No, not at all. <laughs> it's very clearly an adult pretending to be a teenager, doing a very bad job. It's made worse by the fact that we talked about this in that episode, that, um, those bo- that those books are a series of books that were published by Beatrice Sparks and some other writers that were published as anonymous and purported to be actual diaries of actually t- actual teenagers. Yes. And it's just so not that it's like almost offensive that they think that we are that stupid, that we can't tell mm-hmm. that it's not <laughs> and, like no one actually lived this experience because it's no one has said good time slime. Yes. No one has said that. No one has ever. Or yummy nummy. You look <laughs> like, so yummy nummy right God. now. Yikes. Ugh. Ugh. It was gross. How about you? What was, was what was your uh, least likely to succeed? Uh, maybe a little ironically, but uh, considering considering the plot of the book, but Legally Blonde, because mm. that's a romantic comedy with no rom and no calm. So what mm. the fuck is it? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, was looking through through our um, like our catalog essentially, and I was looking at that one, and I cannot for the life of me remember that book like I know we read it and I know I hated it because it was Uh terrible but I can't remember does that end with her getting back together with with the guy or like what's the no but she doesn't like officially tell him she doesn't want him until Mm -hmm. the very end of the book right okay but I don't think she gets with anybody at the end but I can't remember I but don't there think was she like does. no rom yeah I think I because we were like maybe this will be the replace replacement for Luke in mm, the yeah TV show is it Luke is that his name 
No, it's Emmett. I know Luke Wilson. It's Luke Wilson. That's the yeah, actor. but it, the character's name is Emmett. Emmett. Who will be the Luke in this book? <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it wasn't. It it wasn't easily. Do you and do you think that? Do you think maybe with that one that is a case where the genre fucked it so badly, like that if we weren't expecting it to be a rom com, we would have liked it better, or like. I don't know. Like, what do you think? That is a good question because I think we are definitely like really influenced by both the movie and the musical versions that do mm-hmm. a perfect job of making it a romantic comedy. Yeah. Um, but I think if we try to think of it just as by itself, no other things mm-hmm. related to it, it was still, it was just like soulless. Mm, yeah (laughs) it was not good although and the main character was and maybe it was like we were supposed to read it as a satire i don't know Mm. but that was kind of my thought like maybe it's supposed to be satire but i don't know it's hard to say enough yeah also though it is interesting we're calling it least likely to succeed but i think except for maybe like da vinci code or ready player one it's probably Mm -hmm. the most successful of yeah, the books we've like, read in terms of like <laughs> it's been made into a movie and a recognition. <laughs> like I think there was an MTV series about like the uh the search for the next L Woods on Broadway or something. <laughs> yeah. And and like even with the plot of the book, like someone who was not meant to succeed does succeed in law school. Oh so, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's true. Man, we're just, just like the people who doubted L. Yeah, isn't it ironic? This is a very musical episode. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, um, I guess that brings us to our final two categories, the big two. Uh, The first one is Rather Be Reading, the Rather Be Reading Award. What book of all of these books, if you had to read again? Antigua! (laughs) Antigua, really? (laughs) Really? Really, this yes. is what you're going to come on the show and tell me, is that you want to read Antigua again. I mean, sure. Like, the obvious answer would be, like, Hogfather. I've read that a hundred million times, though. So, like, uh-huh. Antigua. Is I can't believe secret, you've done My this. deepest, darkest secret. No, I know. Me either. But, okay. So, it was the first time we read it. You know, we were like, this has to be the worst book ever written. But we've mm-hmm. read so many terrible books since then sure that were terrible in a lot of different ways yeah that looking back on it i don't hate antigua anymore i think of it don't hate antigua i think of it fondly too okay we need to pump the brakes (laughs) because what you've just told me is that you want to read antigua for a second time um yes more than i want to read any of these other books for a second time (laughs) i think of it fondly too but like in the way of like I think of my exes fondly. Like, I don't want to go back to them. But, like, <laughs> yeah, it was a chill time we had. Like, that's... But looking at all of the other books and discounting the ones I've already talked about, mm-hmm. <laughs> that is the one, I think, for me, has the most rereadability. I would okay. like to go into it with a new lens, this, this, in the mind space of a seasoned hate reader now. Okay. And maybe I would find a lot more there to love. Well, that'll be our 100th episode. 
after yes. I've died and Anna is doing the podcast alone because <laughs> I'm not reading that book again. It'll just turn into an Antigua podcast where we'll discuss it uh, page by you, page because I don't think there's any it. chapters. I will not be involved. <laughs> no, you'll be there. You just might not be willing. <laughs> there is a choice and it is my choice that is the obvious choice, even discounting Hogfather, which again, uh-huh. I've already used, so I can't do Hogfather because I thought you would use it for this one. Uh, yeah, but I used it for Mr. Congeniality. <laughs> think the obvious choice of what I would rather be reading is um, The Ruins by Scott oh. Smith. Is his name Smith? Yes. Who knows? No way to tell. Who knows? It is. I'm, at least according <laughs> to the episode title. <laughs> that, I think, it was an enjoyable book. It was full of tension and drama. Mm-hmm. It made me like a genre that I had previously sworn that I would never like a book from. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's that's my pick for rather be reading. I think it deserves a lot of a lot of praise from us here on this podcast, who's generally shit on things. I think it was a good <laughs> book. I mean, it is a good book, but is it one I need to reread? No. Okay, that's a fair point. Like, you know point. the ending. You know how it's going to end. So, like, same with, like, The Heiresses. Like, that was kind of a book that we were like, meh, it's fine. Yeah. You don't need to reread it because you know the ending. Mm-hmm. I guess that's fair. Did you have any honorable mentions for this one? Yes. Um, my honorable mentions for this one were Dead Dog Book. I, that was mine, too. Dog's Purpose by W. Bruce Cameron. And then my other one was um, Midnight for Charlie Bone by Jenny Nimmo. But just because okay. I want to finish the series and see where it would end that'd be the only reason i would reread it okay that's fair i think i think antigua still has some hidden depths to it i really don't think it does i think we pretty much plumbed those depths (laughs) they were pretty shallow (laughs) i also wanted to shout out a dog's purpose um i also wanted to give honorable mention to uh the shadow year which was the most recent one we read by hannah rachel yeah i'm sorry but i it was another one where i hated the ending (laughs) but i liked a lot of the middle stuff um but you would reread it i don't know i'm not saying necessarily these were ones i'd rather reread i'm just saying Mm -hmm. these are honorable mentions to things that maybe weren't as bad maybe maybe things were not as dark as they seemed at the time um Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i also want to especially under that one mention hocus pocus by Teresa roblin um because i think we were maybe a little unfair to that one i think it was we were judging it against a ruler that it never purported to go up against and um I, I again I don't think I'd reread it but I don't think I don't think it was as bad as it seemed at the time and I think if it's the type of book that you're into maybe you'd be into it um mm. bring your chocolate body paint there was the chocolate body paint, but my I think my point is mainly that I think that uh, it was an indie writer who was going it alone, and we're holding mm-hmm. it up against stuff like John Grisham and uh, like Hugo Award winners like Jimmy Mark Clifton, and yeah, and you know fucking Pats. Um, <laughs> I I think that it's it was it was uh, fighting outside of its weight class. So I wanted oh, I wanted fair. to give it a that's shout fair. out here in our in then, this segment. Also like Shades of Grey yeah, then yeah. by Clea Simon. If you like 
your cozy mysteries, if you like your animals plus detective sort of thing, wasn't a bad version of it. Yeah. All right, so... So, y'all know we hate a lot of stuff here on this podcast, but we've hated one thing more than any of the other things that this podcast is about. Mm-hmm. So our next category mm-hmm. is most hated book of hate read. But we're going to start with our runners up. Um, I wanted to shout out Handbook for Mortals by Lainey Sarum. I think it was absolute trash. I think that uh, mm. it also suffered from the whole situation around it, that it was like scandal. It was, a, you know, a scandal. And I, I think to this point, I still think having read many interviews, having listened to her talk, having like heard her explanation, I think Lanny Sarum is a scammer and that she was trying to scam uh, the whole YA industry. Mm-hmm. And that's just how I feel about it. So, but I didn't want to give her top spot because I don't, I don't even want to give her that. We don't get that kind um, of publicity for that shit. Right. <laughs> the publicity of this podcast followed by three people. Um, Thank you so much. Never read her book. <laughs> um, I also wanted to shout out Moon People by Dale M. Courtney. Kind of the same sort of reasons on that one. Uh, a delightful read. It, I, I couldn't give it top spot because it did at least like, I did laugh at it a lot. So like, I didn't want to, you know. Yes. And then um, I wanted to. It did a lot of like really innovative things. Like yes, naming for characters sure. after the author. And then also, like, giving other characters very similar names. Yes. Um, And then I also wanted to include The Da Vinci Code by Dan Brown. Because I think, Mm. um, I didn't, I don't think it's my most hated, but I think it was kind of the most shocking for me how much I hated it. Because it was one that I had read prior and didn't mind the first time around. And then I read it again and I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, no, wait. Um, so yeah, I think there was, there was a big decrease. Beautifully. Yeah. There was, there was a big, uh, loss in performance on that one. So I did want to give it an honorable mention. How about you? What are your honorable mentions before we get to the top spots? So my honorable mentions are obviously little house in the big woods. I hated it as a small child. I hate it today. Nothing's changed there. (laughs) Um, the Hobbit hated it Mm, as a young child mm. i still hate it today nothing has changed there (laughs) um i'll also give a special shout out to the time traveler's wife because that's just fucking disgusting and the thing that infuriates me about this book is that not everyone agrees with me (laughs) people think that this is romantic i hate that yeah that is a problem (laughs) um and then i think like one other shout out i would like to give um for a book that we didn't really talk a lot about on this um, retrospective episode, but Tortilla Flat by John Steinbeck. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I hated it because of John Steinbeck, first of all, but also just like the, it, a, a white guy writing about a group of minorities in an extremely unflattering way is never a good look. Yeah. I will say though, I think that you were probably right not to put it as our num- as your number 1 because for all of its errors, it did give us a very important gift, which is the f- term literary slummers, which we still use yes. to this day. This is true. Thank you John Steinbeck. Thank you John Steinbeck for that one thing and nothing else. <laughs> all right so you should like definitely put like a ton of like 
drum rolls and mm-hmm. really yeah. like intense awesome music here like tr- yeah. maybe the sound of trumpets blaring yeah i'm know. really good at putting music in the podcast we've seen that many times it's like a staple at well, this podcast we could do the foley work <laughs> no no that's no. for our other show <laughs> that's that's the other podcast you gotta listen to guys <laughs> all right um okay so there were a lot of options for my my number one most hated book of all time uh, or at least on the show um but I think when it came down to it, it had to be one that hit all the categories, right? It had to be poorly written. It had to be problematic. Yes. It had to be yes. just plain dumb. Um, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and for me, no other book was that trifecta of things more than A Christmas Shoes. <laughs> by Donna Van Leer because it was atrocious it was so I hated everything about it the plot was garbage all of the messages were garbage it uses one of my least favorite tropes (laughs) of all time as the main thing which is a sick woman dies and makes men's life better Uh uh-huh uh-huh and it was just like like the whole backstory of it the fact that it was a book that was like written about a short story <laughs> in a chicken soup book is just so unfathomable <laughs> that that it's is not a song and a movie and just I don't understand it, it's really bad it's very bad and I hated it a lot and I think um if anyone asked me today like I've had people when I've talked about this podcast ask me like oh what's the worst book you've read and I said without thinking of Christmas shoes so I think I also have to just go with that gut instinct <laughs> You got to listen to your gut. Yep. (laughs) How about you? What is your most hated book of the 39 books we've read? Which one did you find just unredeemable? The one that I could not stand Mm -hmm. the most was Rebels, City of Indra, the story of Lex and Livia and all of the Really? Really? Yes. This kind of shocks me. It... It was just so, not to say okay, it's good. So said, oh yeah, no, because I feel like well, I've already talked about a couple of the other books <laughs> because they were funnier for other categories that I might have hated sure. more. No, um, I think it was a a bad book in a tired genre mm-hmm. with not like just terrible writing, stupid mm-hmm. plot that took two hundred pages to get to even, mm-hmm. um. It was just so, and because I was thinking, I was like, okay, this I'm definitely going to put for the least likely to succeed. But I was like, well, no, because it does the dystopian thing. Like, you understand it's a dystopian YA novel. Yeah. It's just not a good one. It's just the worst one of them. It's not. You're right. You are right. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I don't think, I, I just feel like there were such worse books but mm-hmm. I do see what you're saying that it it its badness was kind of distinct from like other factors almost if that makes sense like it's not that it yeah, was poorly yeah. written although it was poorly written it's not mm-hmm. that it was not a genre you like although I think at this point you aren't super hyped on YA dystopia in general but like yeah, no. um 
<laughs> I think like even if you like YA dystopia and even if you're okay with like not great writing, like it's still a very bad book. So yeah, I guess yes. I guess I can kind of see that argument. Yeah, it's just like the package as a whole. Because like you said, like there's some things like, okay, obviously like the time traveler's wife was had a super problematic part of it but mm-hmm. as a whole like was it the worst book i ever read well the writing was a little like flowery but decent and you know like it was an a very interesting premise or like um what was another one of my runners up here like little house in the big woods yeah that is not something that i'm particularly interested in but is it like a historical fiction that's important to the american canon probably um in the hobbit same thing like it kind of jump-started the fantasy genre as a whole yeah. like you can't really say that that's the worst book i've ever read but like what did rebel city of indra the story of lex and livia add to anything another good point i just don't <laughs> think it's worse than christmas shoes <laughs> very fair point because i would christmas argue shoes is a I would argue Christmas shoes did add to the cultural zeitgeist, the cultural zeitgeist, but in a negative way. <laughs> yes, this is true. This is true. Uh- <laughs> okay, well, I guess that wraps us up for this retrospective. Hopefully, you guys had fun. Um, maybe if you are a newer listener, this might have given you a idea for a couple episodes you might want to go back and listen to if you haven't heard our whole back catalog yeah um and hopefully it also inspires you to stick around as we move on to this next chapter of our lives that sounds dramatic of this podcast uh (laughs) (laughs) same girl same goofs different books yeah so the next (laughs) episode you guys hear is going to be our slummer special our slummer reading special uh which we will be doing episode one which we'll be doing for the next um two months two and a half months around that um Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it's going to be the first of the Animorph series. Y'all, we are so excited to talk to you guys about so this one. So excited to talk be, about this one. It's going to be a fun time. Um, it's going to be so good. <laughs> but yeah, what is the name of it? The Invasion? The, the invasion. invasion. Yeah. yeah. So Animorphs number one, The Invasion by K.A. Applegate. That will be right here on this same feed in two weeks' time. Um, yeah. Until then. You can mm-hmm. follow us. We still have the same social media f- handles for now. Those will be changing at the end of the summer. So, you know, uh, follow us now so that you can make sure you stay up to date. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Hate Recast. You can also email us if you have any submissions that you would like us to read in the future um, at or hatecast at gmail.com. So that can be books that you guys hate. That can be books that you think are out of our comfort zone. That can be books that you think maybe are directly in our comfort zone, but are niche and we haven't come across. Like anything you think uh, we might mm-hmm. be interested in, we mm-hmm. are taking any and all submissions at this point. So send them in. Yeah. If you know a lot about Animorphs, please send us in mm. your um, full essays on yeah. what it would be the best animal to morph into yes. or just like really in-depth stuff about the lore of Animorphs. Yes. Um, I'd really like to hear it. Um, as always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can find his YouTube channel in our show notes below. Uh, we are also on all of the podcasting things. So if you haven't subscribed or followed us on any of those, you definitely should, especially because it is important to know our RSS feed will stay the same. We will not be 
switching that over, even though the name of the podcast will be changing. Um, so, you know, you'll be fine to keep, to keep getting those po- episodes downloaded straight to your phone or whatever thing you listen to podcasts on your iPod touch. Do people still have those? Your Zooms? I don't know. Whatever it is you're listening to us on. <laughs> Please uh, listen to this podcast on Zooms only. this is a zoom only podcast sponsored by windows (laughs) and while you're listening to this podcast on your zoom please go to the itunes store and give this podcast five stars because that does still matter please download itunes onto your zoom onto your jailbroken zoom Also, yeah, leave us that five-star review on iTunes, uh, on your computer, or on your Zoom, whatever it is you use to browse the internet. I'm not going to judge anymore. Um, and also leave your five-star reviews. Just write them down on a piece of paper and send them out into the wild for your friends, yeah. family, strangers to find. Put it uh, put it on a Post-it note in the back of one of the books that we've covered so that people, like, be like, do you hate yes. this? Go listen to this podcast. Oh my god, no. I love that. I love that. What did they call it? The um Oh, damn it. Like when you do when you do that like underground marketing shit. What is that called? Viral mark Guerrilla marketing, marketing campaign. Edit that into one smooth sentence. <laughs> I will try my best. <laughs> um or or uh, also if you just like have friends who you think would listen to this podcast we've told you guys best episode for them to listen to little house on the prairie send them that way um i 100 stand by that 100 i think that's the best entry level episode into this whole mess just download it onto just like rip a cd with that mm-hmm. episode on mm-hmm. it and just hand out that hate read mixtape to all your friends <laughs> just play it in your car when people are in your car with you trap them in your car and make them listen to your pod to this podcast you like because that's not annoying at all no no and actually one of our uh one of our listeners sam who you know from uh the uh Hawkfather episode played Santa Claus for us. Did that with a friend recently. Just trapped him in the car and made him listen to the podcast. So thanks, Sam. You're Thank the best. you, Sam. You're the best. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Uh, All right. Um, <laughs> this is another one we don't have an author for. So how do we wrap it up? Shit. I don't know. Why don't you just play like the Animorphs theme song here? We got the oh, rights to that. Yeah, we definitely right. do. Oh, here we go. Hold on, hold on. Let me let me do this because this is um. In the words of K.A. Applegate, somewhere up there was hope. (laughs) It's such like a poignant note to end on because we hope you still listen to our podcast. (laughs) Exactly. You get it. We explained the joke. Now you get it. (laughs) Now you get it. Now laugh. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. (laughs) 